All right. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I still know how to do this. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who have been wondering what is going on in Dude Nation. <laughs> That's what we call uh, our uh, <laughs> imaginary nation where all of our fans reside. Yeah. Um, usually, you know, it's like fan bases, they have like their, their own nations usually, I think. Yeah. It's like something nation. Like Green Day has idiot nation. Yeah, right. That's a thing. Yep. Um, and then others. Others like as well. Just a plethora of others. Plethora upon plethora. <laughs> That's what uh, I said. It's it's been a while since you and I have sat down to talk about Dune. Yes. It has, in fact, been nearly a month. It's been. <laughs> there we go. Nearly a month since we talked about Dune. I, I like it. I like we it. Don't miss a, we don't miss a beat here. We don't. It's um, been nearly a month, but we don't miss a beat. No, no. The, uh, you know, boys keep swinging. The boys keep swinging. As Bowie once said. Yeah. Um,. Work's really been kicking your ass lately, huh? As Tom DeLong said, work sucks. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 been awful. You know, I I did have a little like six day vacation, which was very nice, but it didn't really, I don't know, didn't really help. Didn't like make you... work any better. No. Um, because. Because right after my six-day vacation, I went into like 11 days in a row of working. Um, so it was, yeah, it was just bad. It was bad. Yeah. yeah, probably didn't even feel like you had a vacation after that. No, no, the vacation was erased in my mind, I think. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Replaced by 11 days of work. Yeah, and I, I just, I, the only way I can describe it really is like tunnel vision, you know, where I can really only focus on this one thing and like everything in my periphery is just like non-existent you know i can't even think of of dune dudes or working on music or anything else or hanging out with friends or what like it just it's so bad it's like yeah i mean it 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 forces you to focus all of your mental energy onto it so i mean you don't even have you don't even have the energy to spend your energy elsewhere. Like no, no. All, all, all your time is spent recuperating for the next uh, fucking day. Exactly. Yeah. It's it 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 was bleak. It was bleak. But um, hopefully, if all things go according to plan, uh, I'll I'll, I'll get into a better routine, which will allow me to do things that I and you know enjoy doing. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, if we don't, uh, if we don't record the next episode of Dune Dudes until a month from now, then so be it. I mean, it it is possible. It, it's I I wouldn't say it's probable, but it is possible. And yeah. if that happens, then it happens, and you know, that that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that I've found 
reading through the avalanche of emails that we receive. It's that... So many. The citizens of Dude Nation mm-hmm. are uh, patients personified. You yes. Know? I mean, they they will give us the time that we need because they know that at the end of the day, what they're waiting for is like, you know, our, our, our perfectly distilled crystal clear insights, you know, on Dune, you know, we, we are putting pieces together that, that you will not find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, who else is talking about heretics of Dune? I, I ask you. I mean, out of all the Dune podcasts, I think I think we might be the only one currently talking about Heretics of Dune. I mean, most probably have not even read Heretics of Dune. It's crazy how many Dude or Dude podcasts. Dune podcasts are just about the first book. I know. Which I guess isn't really crazy because that's what we were talking about doing, but like and and this is not this is not to throw shade, but like, you know, some of them just go through it one chapter at a time. Yeah, that's insanity. Like they'll, they'll do one episode, hour and a half or two hours, literally, on one chapter. And uh, honestly, some of them aren't bad. I've actually been dipping my toe into listening to some Dune podcast. Have you? Like that. Do you want to give I, any shoutouts? Yeah, um, Spice World. Spice World, Spice World okay. is a good one. They okay. they go through it chapter by chapter through the first book. They are reading through Messiah now. I don't think they're on Children of Dune, but I, okay. I do think they're up to Messiah and they are continuing. Um, they're pretty cool, and they you've probably seen this because you look at a lot of Dune shit. I do. Um, one of the ways they supplement their episode is... They, they also have the Dune Encyclopedia, which has gone mm. out of print since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Herbert approved. Not written by Herbert, but Herbert approved for the time. He signed off. He did. Um, so, like, it, it just gives a lot of, like, details to, like, the backstory and lore that, like, at the time wasn't fleshed out and i think they i think it's out of print now because the brian herbert books um you know have like decanonized certain things in it like it's just oh i i yes you know this is this is not the throw shade at brian herbert either but from listening to the podcast this is my understanding it's 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 not being reprinted because um it doesn't align itself with the the newest dune novels um, but it is kind of like this coveted, rare, expensive sort of collector's item, um, that has a lot of cool info in it, and they, they, they've talked about that. So yes, yes, I am giving a shout out. Spice World, they're a cool podcast. Very cool. You know, if, if, uh, any of y'all in Dude Nation, you know, are looking to, uh, supplement your Dune podcast intake... Check out Spice World. Check out Spice yeah. World. Um, but let's let's. Oh shit! Oh shit!
Splatoon since the last time we spoke. Wait, 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 I lost yeah. you for a second. You're back. Okay. Just repeat um, what you what you just said. I, I was saying I want us, it's like, hey, let's talk about our own podcast. I want to catch you up to speed. Something has happened to my copy of Heretics of Dune since the last time we spoke. Oh, boy. Um, Do tell. Well, I will tell for the sake of our fans in uh, Dude World, Dude, Dude Nation, Dude Nation. Sorry, Dude Nation. But, but uh, I want to show you first. Um, so, oh shit! Whoa! <laughs> Wait, let me take, let me get a picture, okay? Yeah. Keep, hold it. Oh, that's so sad. Okay. Yeah, it's completely in half. Yeah, I have I have two halves. Of, uh-huh. Uh huh. It it just it just said to you, split me open, Daddy. <laughs> right? And you did. Wow, you're as horny as Herbert, man. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think that's what overworking does to people. I think it just makes you super yeah. horny. You you think you think Herbert was overworking himself? Uh, I do. Trying to yeah. This book and I he did. just just horned him up. I think it horned good. him up. It did. We're. Gonna have to talk about some horny shit in these chapters. Oh my god, yes, I, I forgot. Real, yeah, oh, I'm gonna, I I I'm really forgot. Memory, man. Because I mean, that's that's another shit. thing. I read these very like piecemeal. I, I maybe yeah. like two chapters and went like a week, then one chapter, then two weeks, and then two like. I just finished it to uh, today. Yeah, I read the last chapter today. Wow, it's a real role reversal because I, I did finish mine mm-hmm. on uh, today's on on Monday. I finished them, but I have been like nursing that last chapter for like two weeks. Like I, I yeah. read all the other ones, and then like two weeks, I was like, ah, I'll get around to the last chapter. Yeah, I finally, fucking finished it two days ago. Um, we did it. I mean, yeah. Well, there's no Dune dudes recording scheduled. It's you know, it's like, well, what am I gonna like? I know, I know stuff, man. What I mean, um, what am I even reading this this like horny bullshit for? Well, we're gonna talk about that, but yeah, um, yeah, my 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 uh, my book split in half. That sucks. Yeah. Um, oh wait, wait. I'm not sure if this is anything I told you. It's not quite split in half, but my copy, the. Just the the little edge right here came off. It just ripped off, so I taped it back on. So it's oh, I see that. It just it's it's a little beat up, but you know, yeah. not not quite to the extent of of your copy. It's hanging on, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been it's it's been fun to like read through these, you know, well loved, well used second hands. Who knows? Third hand, fourth hand. Who knows mm-hmm. how many hands have touched? A lot of hands. Books. A lot of hands. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a time in my life I feel like this would have driven me crazy. You know, I was I was would have been like very, very concerned with like my books being like very immaculate. But like, honestly, reading through these Dune books with like the, uh, you know, just just having got them from like the the thrift books online or whatever. Um, it, in some ways, it's kind of helped me like let go of that. It's like whatever, my book split in half, like isn't the point to just read it like i can still read it you know yeah yeah like as long as the words can go into my eyeballs and i can like understand the story like it doesn't really matter it's kind of fun that my book's like a piece of shit now so i i agree it is 
fun and adds kind of character to the book itself. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I'm tempted to buy like a, a new, fresh set yeah. of Dune books. I mean, what's stopping me is just that the like the old covers are so much cooler than the new ones. Yeah, they they really are. Um, I like the colors from the new ones, but like, I don't. And there is like kind of like a, a minimalist charm to them. But I love. It feels like these these kinds of stories were made to have like that stupid pulpy yeah sci-fi cover i think so too i think the new ones are cool like they're they're like a lot cooler than like other modern book covers yeah but um just like that whole minimalist vibe is something that is kind of overdone these days i think yeah yeah it's 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 definitely that i mean I, i hear that um Oh man! Um, you want to jump into the theme song? Yeah, we gotta do the theme song. Right? We do. I mean, that's. I don't even know if I. I think I remember how to sing it. Um, yeah, I'm okay. just making sure that I'm at. At the right section for when we uh, start. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. I'm. I'm ready. Let's do it, man. All right. Well, we know the scattered people coming back from outer space Reminds me of the golden path Humans fled from Leto's wrath Has everyone forgotten their purpose in this life? Duncan's memories have been erased Reverend Mother's repeat mistakes Well, learn from the past and present Heretics of Dune Story to tell and we are reading They see the past and present and the future too Get back to Rackers Heretics of Dune Alright, we did it Sick, sweet So good, we're getting better so good. It gets so better good. all the time Yeah it, it, I think it sounds worse and worse on the recording all the time too But like when we sing it, it's I think all the members of Dude Nation just have to take our word for it. It sounds great. It sounds great when we sing it. It sounds great when we sing it. It does. Absolutely. Um, On the recording, I mean, I don't listen to these anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. Any any hang-ups is on on their end, not ours. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there is just like a natural lag. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's fine when we're talking, but... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a fun, like, canon effect where you just sing you know like a like a bar after i i do it's like a if if like you pretend that it's intentional it works really well right right yeah we we make it work we make it work totally all right man oh are we gonna dune right let's do it let's jump Um, into this shit so last section just as a, a very quick refresher but it ended with Odrade discovering Leto's message within the the spice hoarded sides to beer. Yes. And so like that that feeling of like unearthing this um 
this warning from the god emperor, from the tyrant, you know, all these years later, hangs like a cloud over these chapters. And the the Bene Gesserit characters, the Reverend Mothers in particular, are very concerned about this. So, just, just as a reminder, that's where we last left off. And I... I you know, wasn't the last that, chapter that though? Affects. Wasn't the last chapter when uh, Teg was captured? No. So that's the first chapter of this section. Oh shit! I'm all fucked up. I, you know, hopefully didn't throw off your uh, your reading too much. I don't think so. Yeah, I no, don't I, think so. I really don't think so. That's okay. You cannot think so. What I'm saying is, you're just not right. <laughs> No, because we talked so, about it, too. We talked about it. Yes. No, no, no. But, Connor, Connor, let me refresh your specific memory here now. We talked about it when I visited you. Oh. And we had both only read that chapter. That was, like, literally right when I gotcha. came. We, we yes. stayed up drinking White Claws yes, uh, yes. For, for a couple hours. And we were like, hey, have you read any Dune yet? And we had, we both said we had read the first yes. chapter and we talked okay. about it briefly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, then I may have read an extra chapter. Yeah, that's okay. It, I that's mean, okay. It, we're not going to. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that one. But if you did. You lead the way. Um, yeah. Then then don't worry about it. I get a head start on next week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That'll be good for you. That gives us just more. Uh, what is it? Um more likely that we'll do our next episode on time. Yes, yes. So, yeah, no, so let's let's get to it. Our first chapter. Spoiler alert. Tag is captured. Tag is captured. Tag is captured. Um, can you pause the episode for one moment? I am going to pause the episode right now. So yeah, like you said, Teg, Teg is captured. Um, but before he's captured, we we see him, Teg, and Duncan and Lucilla like emerge from the No Globe, and we see these characters in an environment that hasn't, I don't think, has ever been explored in Dune. Um, it's fucking snowing. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's yeah, snowing on Gamu. Yeah, um, I didn't. Even th- I didn't think about that. But yeah, right. it was kind of weird. It, it's it's interesting to like. I don't know, like explore this setting in a series that's obviously like so often laser focused on the the deserts of arrakis um and you know they they talk about like their their breath hanging in the air and like how clearly they could see the stars through like the cold night and um like i don't know they're they're like crunching footsteps on the snow and stuff and uh yeah it was just like it was cool it's nice yeah yeah literally cool yeah yeah i mean even cold yeah potentially right past cool well past it um yeah that's a that's a dune first i think i think it is too i'm like kind of racking my brain but i'm like i don't think there's any other instance of the fuck 
Did you see that fucking hog? I did. Um, oh, she knocked out my headphones. Hold on. <sighs> freaking jerk. Okay. Yeah. Absolute freaking jerk. She just got a little startled. She's a she's a little scaredy puss. What is she not used to the train yet? <laughs> no, they're they're pretty used to it. I don't know. She's just there's too many wires around here. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Well, she wanted to see what I was up to. She doesn't really get what's going on when I come in here to talk about Dune for two hours. So, all right. I know cats don't get I podcasts. I guess they they gotta learn. Cats they gotta just learn. We all don't learn get sometime. podcasts. You heard it here. You heard it here, dude nation. Cats don't get podcasts. They don't. S- stupid creatures. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, they're all ready for a fight. Like they have these antique las guns. Um, they call them anyways. I was wondering how old they are. Like they might even be like from the era of the first Dune book, and you'd consider it an antique. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're described as like being very heavy. I picture them kind of like ornately decorated. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't know. It's cool to think of like this giant ass fucking laser gun. And um, Tag really puts it to work. I mean, essentially, what happens here in this first chapter, uh, our characters are waiting for Burzmali, but they all also are expecting some kind of opposition or they 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 are prepared for like a trap they mm, recognize yeah. it could be a trap um and so sure enough it is and they are attacked by the Tleilaxu face dancers um and pretty much you know Teg um does everything in his power to make sure that Lucilla and Duncan can escape he gets them out of the area, and then Tag just like destroys these people. Um, yeah, I mean he, he gets captured again in the end, but like before that, he has a pretty good run. Oh yeah, um, I mean he he showcases his skills very very well in this uh, in the, in this chapter, like like blowing people up and shit. Yeah, yeah the the imagery of like you know the freezing cold of Gamu, and then like this like superheated laser like slicing through the trees and like lighting everything on fire and like all the steam yeah. rising as it hits the snow like is really really vivid and cool mm-hmm. i think herbert does a great job of selling it absolutely um and yeah you're totally right like tag tag delivers on his like his his military prowess and his skills yeah. um so yeah even though he gets captured it's like well he's kind of like in the moment, he feels like he's fighting to his death. Like yeah. he he, mm-hmm. he thinks he's going to die. Yes, he does. And he's just trying to get Duncan and Lucilla to safety. Um, and then at the end of the chapter, there's this moment just before he gets captured, where he's like, he has this like flicker of hope, and he's like, oh, maybe I can get out of here with my life, and like if you know, I'll be okay in the end, and. I really thought that that was Herbert trying to be like as shitty as possible. Yep. And it's like we're going to give Tag like one small bit of hope and then take it away from him yep. as he's killed at the end of this chapter. So it's, um, that's what I thought too. 
which I was like, God damn it, Herbert, mm-hmm. why are you setting me up for this? But uh, he is only hit with a stunner, and he blacks out. So that's that's kind of the synopsis here for that chapter. And I thank God I took down some notes because I, I have notes on these chapters spread throughout that I'll, Good. I'll talk about. Um, although, actually, I don't have any for this first chapter. So it, it, uh, two, three, four and five, I'll have some things to touch on. But for this one, we are. This is just off the dome here. So yeah. is there anything you want to say, man? I mean, yeah, it's a good action chapter and, a, and, a, and like I said, a, a great showcase of Teg's skills. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he really just gets them with the element of surprise. And then uh, at the end, that's his undoing as well, you know, is, is uh, the one thing, you know, Leto loves so much. Um, it's a huge element in this fight in a, in a in a great tactic that you know both tag and you know Bersmali use to their benefit is is doing you know what your opponent does not expect right um, yeah i i enjoyed it yeah the unexpected is big here and it's like so many of the characters from the core group of like tag Terraza, Odrade, Lucilla, and Duncan. You know, like, there was this point where they were kind of all together or in, like, close enough contact that, like, everyone kind of knew what was going on. And now they don't. And, like, so much of this portion of the book has been, like, all these separate characters recognizing that each person in their group is, like, chosen and... And specialized in doing the unexpected. Yes. And they're all trying to predict what, like, the most logical, unexpected thing that they would do is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like a really weird kind of funny dynamic that they have where, like, that's that's sort of what they focus on is trying to do unexpected things to outwit their opponents and now all of them are trying to figure out what the other is doing but it's really hard because they're really good at people not knowing what they're going to do um and yeah Teg continues that here but uh that's a that's another thing that's been talked about a lot the unexpected yes so cool to see that continue yeah this is a cool action chapter um, Tig gets a lot to do, and yeah, it's just a really cool, really, I don't know, yeah, just, just some cool shit, man. I, I really like that they were in the snow. I was like, man, that, that was weird. That must have been a fun chapter for Herbert to write, I think. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, there's like other weather settings I can use. Yeah, right? We're, we're on different planets now. Yes. Let's, let's do this. Let's do things a little bit differently. I think um, Gamu's been pretty well explored. You know, they spent a lot yeah. of time in the forest, had a lot of time in the keep. I um, think so. You know, it's a whole planet, so obviously there's a lot we don't know about. But, um, like, for as dark and shadowy as it as its past is, being the, the homeworld of the Harkonnens, like, it, to me, it feels like a very... Uh, nice planet you know i kind of like a a uh 
I don't know, like a like an Arctic forest or whatever, you know, like, um, I don't know, maybe like Alaska or some shit, like. Yeah, it could nice. be the could could be Planet Alaska. Yeah. Could be. That was I'm sure that was the working title, I think. Planet Alaska. Well, was it? I I don't know if it was snowy all this time or they just spent so much time in the uh, the no globe. No, that's it. Yeah, before it wasn't snowy, and they've been in there long enough that it's like gone into the winter season. Yeah, and so now it just is snowy. Um, but I mean, hey, so too, it's not snowing all the time in Alaska, depending on where you are. Well, some, that, uh, that's because of climate change. If there right. wasn't a climate change, then it would be snowing all of the time in Alaska. I don't, I'm not sure. Google it. Look it up. I don't, that's I don't the, know. That's the climate change talking. All right. Maybe. Okay, don't, don't, let's not, to, don't, don't be a, a climate denier on, on Dune Dudes. No, I, I deny not, nothing. Not a good look. Not a good look, honey. I, there, there is uh, not one amongst the, uh, the members of Dude Nation who would count themselves a climate denier. Okay. Okay. And you know, if they, if there were, we don't want you here, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Climate change is of, real. Get out of Dune Dudes and go back to Dune Buddies, am I right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just going to keep... Let's keep trashing the podcast. Let's, let's, let's keep doing that, yeah. Maybe not. D- I mean, not I'm sure they're very thing. nice people. I Yeah, no, I know. And they're, know. they're, they're it's, good it's, Twitter pals. It's... They are, yeah. It's strictly because of the name. The I name just, is I just. I can't let it yeah, go. Yeah, the, the the name is um. I it's not to speak ill of it. It no. just feels like if you get to Dune Buddies, like isn't the next logical step Dune Dudes? Like I feel like we should have been out of a name. Like, I uh, but I don't know if they started before or, or after us. They could have just started like right after us. I I think they were around before. I think they have time on us. Okay. Um, now, well then, well then, Dune the Buddies. Book, then Dune Buddies. There's no excuse. There's really no excuse. I'm trying to talk. go go to bat for you here, and I just think there's like it. there's not much I can do. Oh, they are good Twitter pals, though. We've we've been getting more um, into the Twitter game. We have. We've been getting a lot of traction recently. Yeah, and and so. you know you've you've put out some some really good good memes. Thanks. It it's been fun to try and uh, do some Dune related shit like that. Anyways, let's go on to our second chapter. Um, unless there's anything else you want to say here. I think you're good, No, right? let's do it. Yeah. Um, let's see. What the fuck was it? Um, oh, okay. We meet back up with Odrade. She is uh, on Rackus, of course. They're back. They're they're not at um the what is it? So they're in the city of Rackus or whatever the fuck. Uh, is uh, it, Rackus is, it, is the planet. Is it Keen? Is it what it's called now? Yeah, Keen, or, right. It's not yeah. Keen, mm-hmm. it's just Keen, right. They're in the city of Keen, uh, but we meet back up with them 
in the Bene Gesserit uh, embassy. Yes. And Odrade is kind of like overlooking uh, Shiana from, you know, looking at her in this courtyard. Shiana's training with some of the Bene Gesserit. Um, and, and, um, and essentially Odrade is going to have a meeting with Waff. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they have a lot to discuss after their last outing into the desert. And Shiana's just trying, just trying to like kind of sweat him out, you know, um, Waff is like standing there waiting and is like clearing his throat. And Odrade is just thinking about like a million other things. Um, but eventually they do, Odrade does, uh, kind of break the silence and, uh, start speaking with him. And the big thing here, we can maybe break down their conversation a little. I I don't know how much I remember. I'll look at my notes. More than me. But where it ends is the big thing. Um... Essentially, I, I think what happens here is they kind of agree that they have like a true common enemy in mm. the honored maters yes. and the people of the scattering, and that you know, even though the Tleilaxu and the Bene Gesserit might seem like they are at odds, you know, that really they're they're mutually best served by joining forces. Mm-hmm. And um, and in order to like seal that deal, they need to exchange, um, uh, I don't they, know. They have like, to like, uh, both have, have to, like things that the other one can use against them yes. just in case, yes. whatever the, the, yes. the name for that is. Right there. And there is a name for that. I'm sure. I don't think we're going to get there right now, but that's okay. But mm. it is real. Um, and so, Odrade, I think the idea is that, like, the Bene Gesserit would get access to the Axolotl tanks. Yes. Um, and learn more about, like, the Tleilaxu Gola program. Mm. Um, and then the Tleilaxu are told that they would be given, like, full access to the Bene Gesserit breeding records and they would be given their choice of um, like uh, you know breeding mothers or whatever too like they could even pick uh, their mates um, and so yeah they kind of both are saying that they're going to like crack the doors wide open on their their most closely held secrets yes um and exchange that with one another. Um, and like a lot of that is coming off the back too of like, um, Odrade having done Odrade and the Venning Gesserit having done so much work with Waff on like him, him believing that, that they like share this great belief. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I think, you know, this is the chapter that like Waff really, feels like he has no choice but to like believe her. yeah like there probably is still some skepticism they're all very clever and they're always like kind of like thinking oh what if but like i i think wap truly is like caught up 
in that plan. So, you know, of course, they're saying that they're going to give each other these things. Uh, I feel very skeptical about that, but that's where the characters are yeah, at. I mean, I, I think it's clear that neither of them really intends to give them full access. Yeah. Um, they're, they're trying to convince each other of, of, of that, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, regardless, it's still, it's, it's still a big, a big deal, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, even if they don't get full access, I I do think something will come of it. Yes. Like, I don't. I think it will be more than them just exchanging words. Like, I really do think, especially because, like, these later, there's, like, a later chapter where Terraza's talking with some of the other uh, Reverend Mothers about Odrade's decision here. And I, I, I do think that they'll... I think what this is going to lead to is them learning more about the Golas and specifically Duncan. Like, yes yeah i yep, think it's yep. going to be part of this like growing revelation of like what have the tleilaxu done or like altered within this specific duncan that like has everyone been so worried about for the whole book yes you know? mm-hmm. um so yeah i feel like it's a precursor for that yeah i think so um is there is there anything else in this chapter that you feel like you want to like focus on or discuss? Uh, I mean, not that I can think of. All right. Well, I'm going to go through my notes here and we'll go we'll through the notes a bit more about it. Let's um, let's just, you know, I, 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 I will speak up if I have something to say. Um, but just one of those times where, you know, I've, I've, uh, it's, it's been a while. Been a and while. It's been a while mm-hmm. since I talked about Yes. Dude. Yes. It's a great song. Indeed. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll try not to stay here for too long, but um, but, 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 um, there's this one passage in the chapter. Um, Odrati's looking out the window, and she like she just she sees people going up in an elevator. Like she sees the way that the city is modernized slowly, and and she says something about like people look like they're going up a mechanical sausage or whatever. And she thinks to herself, "All in the name of modernization." And I was thinking, like, I don't know. It seems more like a commentary Herbert was making on on the ways that, like, um, you know, the people who live within, like, these massive urban environments, like cities, um, are kind of complicit in, like... Um, in the loss of their own space, I guess. Like, she she kind of mentions um, how, like, the people are, like, relegated to just walking on these small bits of concrete on the sides of buildings. And she's, like, obviously describing sidewalks. Um, 
And so, like, it just, it seemed like a bit of a commentary on, like, how, how the, you know, the very people who are most adversely affected by these changes in, like, city planning and the ways that cities grow are also the ones who, are, you know, it's, it's not like it's their fault, but they're kind of, like, blind to the changes around them. And they mm-hmm. don't really hold on to any of the power that would stop these changes from happening. So, like, you know, everyone who lives in these cities could have some voice, you know, against them, like, losing more and more of these, like, communal spaces. Yeah. Um, and yet it kind of just, like, silently happens, like, around everyone as as we live there. And so I, I felt like that was, like, very much like a Herbert thing. Like, he's, like... Odrade saying this, but really it's something that I think, and I'm going to have this character do it. Um, yeah. So, you know, and that's that's a conversation that's been happening for a long time, and by people who could explain it way, way, way better than me. But it was cool to see Herbert, like, touch on that just briefly um, in his own weird sci-fi story. And he's like, yeah, like, this is a problem on Rackus too. You know, like, when when we you know, modernize, like part of, of modern modernizing and upgrading and like staying the most technologically current is like, you know, you, you have to lose something in order to gain that. You Mm -hmm. can't just improve things without it, like taking away from something else elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so there's, so there's that. I felt like that was there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's something good to point out. Um, I do feel like it is definitely a little bit of a commentary on, you know, the real world. And uh, not the, not the MTV reality show, the real world. Oh yes. Right? No. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. The is, MTV okay. reality show. The real I world. just wanted to make sure. I don't want anyone in dude nation to be confused about which real world you are. No, I mean commenting on. If if you know, you know. Okay. It's pretty much and where we're at. And we know. But yeah, um, so many so many different tools of modernization and um you know, streamlining and stuff, society uh it it it, it is kind of we're we're led to believe that it's bringing us together and improving our lives but um a lot of it is kind of pushing us apart and uh disintegrating you know culture yeah word yeah um and uh okay page 321 of my copy um this was something we've talked about before and i saw it crop up and had to to touch on it um where is it what's the line um odrade is thinking about face dancer she's thinking about the 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 face dancer that is performing as tuek and here's the passage how like tuek himself this new face dancer was did such face dancers think for themselves or just play out their parts in accordance with a master's orders? Were they still mules, these new ones? 
How much different were these face dancers from the fully human? Um, I wanted to point that passage out because in a, our previous episode, um, we raised that exact question before it was brought up here in the book. Like, I kind of forget what it... We were Essentially, we were discussing like a character, I think. And saying, like, oh, I didn't really think they were, I don't know. I thought they were one way, and now Herbert's telling me it's another. And then we were like, could that be true of other characters? Could yeah. That be true of face dancers, even. Yeah, yep, um, yep. Like, is it, is it possible that, you know, we've been just led to believe that they have no humanity, but they really do, and that we're just treating them as if they're monsters? And Odrade muses on the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you what do you think about that? Where what what kind of like emotional capacity or like humanity exists within face dancers, if any at all? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think you know maybe the Tleilaxu let everyone else to believe that they are not, you know, at the same emotional level or, you know, conscious level as humans. Um, but they're going to use that aspect of them as a weapon against them. You know, the element of surprise, the unexpected. Um, as a, as a great way to, you know, make them not fight back as hard, you know, uh, when it, when it comes down to it, that's one possibility I've thought of that they, that it's just kind of an element of them that they have downplayed over the, the centuries to kind of bring them to this point that when they realize that these, these creatures, they've been kind of, um, you know, talking about as subhuman or or inhuman are actually just the 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 same as you or I. It'll stimulate some sort of great emotional response. Um, then the other option is, you know, well, maybe they have just over the years gained this ability through, um, you know, Tylaxu science uh, progressing. Um, or maybe a mixture of both of those things. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, it does seem that there's more than meets the eye to the, these transformer. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> face dancers. Yeah. All right. I agree. Uh, last thing there's. I'm not going to read all my notes because I feel like maybe we'll be here too long. And obviously we have three other chapters to discuss. There's also chair dogs in this section. Fucking mm-hmm. chair dogs, man. But chair I'm not going to talk about chair dogs. Um, the last thing is Odrade. One of the things that she thinks about to herself is this line from Leto's message. Where Leto's like, I bequeath my fear and loneliness to you. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Odrade, like, really feels like it was given to, like, her specifically. Like, not to the Bene Gesserit. Like, I feel like Odrade thinks mm. that 
she personally has like been bequeathed um and i guess i I think that odrade feels like this kind of kinship with leto um because when odrade's thinking about this part of the message she's thinking about albertus dumbertledore yes and she kind of like laments that he's lost some of his independence. Like mm-hmm. she feels she's kind of made a subservient puppet out of Albertus. And so in like a super, super up close microcosm of what Leto went through, like Odrade on a one-on-one level has like kind of stripped away that human spirit from Albertus. she feels. And like, mm-hmm. she kind of mourns that. And, um, of course, that was Leto's whole thing for, like, all of humanity in God Emperor. So, like, Odrade, I think, just feels really connected to him at that moment. And he's like, oh, like, I kind of understand because I'm going through that with, like, one person instead of, like, every person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I think you're right. I, th- I think the um, the Atreides in Odrade is... It's getting to be, to be more and more of an issue or maybe not an issue, but more prominent. And uh, definitely her connection to Lido is, is going to be, um, I, I think a kind of a, uh, a, a plot point in, in the whole Bene Gesserit plan here. I think, I think that's, that's definitely, um, going to be an issue uh whether i mean it, it just seems like something that Lita would have thought about too you know i mean yeah purposefully you know creating this this you know race of atreides you know bred like humans who who are all across the fucking galaxy, you know, there's going to be one in, in this position at some point that's, and that's going to give, you know, him a, a little bit of an opening, I guess. A, an opening in that, like, that might be what undoes the Bene Gesserit order. It could cause their downfall. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something that I think, you know, maybe he wouldn't, actively pursue i mean he he seems like it's you know to think that it's inevitable um but i don't think he's going to you know try to prevent it i think you know it 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 would be kind of a thrilling future for him to kind of have a small part in in their uh their disillusion yeah true all right um Cool, I'm good to go on to the third chapter if you are. Yeah, baby, yeah. Shagadelic, baby. Mm-hmm. Spicedelic. Austin... Idaho. <laughs> yep. I went there, folks. Ooh, ooh, dude. You know what would be a good episode title is uh, The Spice Who Shagged Me. Ooh, yes. That's good. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. The spice who shagged me. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. 
Um, all right, third chapter. Let's see where we were. Um, oh, the third chapter. Oh, this is where we meet back up with Burz Molly. This is uh, this is the horny one. The Burz man. Yeah, this yeah. is weird. Yeah, Burz man himself. Yeah, he. Uh, we're not. We're not there yet. Okay. We got, we got, let's just hold on a minute. Okay. All right. It's the last thing that happens in this chapter. He just makes so a questionable decision. Is all. Yeah. You know that's that's, that's all. Let's. Uh, let me recap this yes. chapter, and then we will. Yes. Then we will discuss. Um. So this is another pretty action-packed chapter, though. The the most of it is recounting um. Pretty much like what Brusmali was doing when the Slaylaxu ambush occurred, and mm-hmm. when they captured Teg. And so, Brismali was here to uh, rescue Teg and Duncan and Lucilla. Um, And it kind of made me go back to our discussion on the previous section because my thought was, I, I remember the last time we talked, I was like, hey... Teg is preparing to leave the no globe and Brismali has like already been around the area and Teg like hasn't said like they have not talked as far as we know. Yeah. They've they've exchanged animal scratchings. But um I kind of thought that Teg was breaking away and that um that him and Brismali might be at odds, but it seems like they are all still going down the same Bene Gesserit path yeah same plan still um and maybe i was just projecting on on what what i'd been assuming um yeah i mean there there's like a slight divergence you know they're all kind of they're they're all going in like parallel to each other but they, they all have slightly different directives or slightly you know slightly different uh uh, paths to the maybe the same destination right i mean yeah there's still plenty of time and room within the story for them to um you know to to reach some kind of conflict or you know to make big decisions mm-hmm. um but that was not this chapter apparently yeah um, so yeah, Brismali was there to rescue them. Um, he has like a, his own squad or, or group that he's leading. And um, they kind of go through this whole process in order, like, you know, at first they're hiding out in like this giant hollowed out tree um, to like confuse the life scanners or whatever. Yeah, that that's and pretty then, interesting. It's, yeah, I mean the the like whatever the tree is made out of, right, or coated with it, it it kind of doesn't detect. Yeah. I I think it's right. I think it's like less about what it's made out of and more like like how dense it is. Or, well, I think it's just honestly, I think it's just the fact that it's alive. 
like yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. scanners yeah. just detect like like you can't see if you're in something that's alive the scanner will just show the thing that you're in but not you yeah like, it doesn't go deeper it's like mm-hmm. that's a living organism that's a living organism yeah 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 that makes but sense. It, it also acts as like a shield wall mm-hmm. in a way and they also or um what's her face lucila realizes that they're they're with some people from the scattering that is right uh we'll get to that momentarily i want to touch on one thing because they kind of go through this whole thing of like how they have a pretty thorough plan and they pick up lucilla and duncan in like this car or maybe it was like a a thopter or but it's something they pick them up they drive for a while they get out then they let it keep going and then they let it get shot down yeah to try and like let you know to think that they or they don't even get shot down. They like run the boosters and like try to make it look like they were trying to like jump into light speed and killed themselves on accident. Anyways, I only want to touch on that because I, I appreciate um, like the steps that they took for this plan. It's not even so much like, hey, we need to have Duncan and Lucilla back into the fold. It's also like, we need to try and like create a story for our enemies to believe so we can like regroup mm. and, and attack them later. Um, so I, 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 I liked that it was like more, more in depth than like um, a simple rescue. Like they also need to do it in a certain way, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. So, Yes. Once they get to safety and they are in like a cave that's like covered in moss. And so they're like, oh, the life sensors won't find us here because there's just a bunch of fucking moss on the walls. <laughs> that is when we meet up with uh, these people from the scattering. You're absolutely correct. Um, and not only is this person someone from the scattering, they also have an interesting ability. Do you remember what that is? I don't. I don't. They're also a face dancer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but I don't think they're described as a Tleilaxu. Like, right? It's like they probably were. Yeah. Everyone scattered. And now, like, this ability has kind of, like, been changed and is now coming back through these different people. Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe there was some sort of descent. Yeah. Uh, in in the ranks of the scattering at some point. Yes. That is interesting though. And it, and it, it makes you wonder what they've done to earn, you know, birth Molly's trust. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, cause last time the Bene Gesserit, like, like when tag met up with the people from the scattering, he was like, you know, fuck, I'll fucking kill everyone. Yeah. Here, even if it means I die too. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that was like the Honored Maters. They were in the presence of the Honored Maters too, but uh, you're right. It does seem like something must have happened behind the scenes in order for this yeah. to get to this point. Um, yeah, this person... What is their name? Um, Serafa. 
Serafa. Serafa. Oh, uh, I, I, um, I, I think right now is a good time to say, um, I have decided on my D and D character's name. We, we're, we're oh, going to, really? we're going to be playing a, a game of D and D, aka Dungeons and Dragons, with um, our friends. It's been a long time in the making. I don't really know how to do it and so i'm just kind of like letting everyone that does push me into the right direction but um but do you want to know what name i have uh picked yeah of course of course i do okay my character's name will be palambasha i hate you You're not serious. I think so. I think I think I might be Palambasha the second. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Palambasha the second. Which will be Palambasha who had a baby but then the baby died. And then yes. they had another baby named Palambasha. Exactly. And they just died and named him Palambasha the second again anyways. And I'll become the god emperor of D and D. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, hey, take that name. Maybe you can do wonders with it, man. You have my blessing. Thank you. Appreciate it. I see why you wanted to. Uh, it's it's Dune related. Yeah. Maybe um. Maybe I'll be Jameis. Yeah. Know. Yeah, that works. That works. Somebody a little bit more relevant. A little bit more, yeah. <laughs> True. Um. All right, cool. I look forward to that. Um, Palambasha. Wow. Are you going to tell everyone that it's a Dune name? Or just... Um, I don't think so. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait for them to ask, and then, I mean, we'll see what I come up with. Yeah. Hold those cards close to your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool, man. I uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. For I, I mean, you're further along than I am. I mean, I don't. So. That's all. That's all I have so far. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Josh asked. I mean, you saw because we're. It's just the three of us yeah. in the text group. But he was like, "Oh, yo, you're ready?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then he's like, "Send your character sheet my way." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not like really ready." He like, was so excited. I, I didn't make. A, I didn't make a character sheet. I know. Like, come on. <laughs> it's in my head. It's all gonna just happen at the last second, and that's just. Yeah. I mean, we we don't we yeah. don't plan this far ahead. I mean, how how prepared do you really have to be at the end of the day? No, no. you 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 roll some dice. Yeah, it's like Monopoly. It's like Monopoly. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like how how long do the creators of Monopoly think about like the Monopoly man character like that couldn't have been they couldn't have thought about that for for months you know it's like this Monopoly yeah that's like a that's like it's like a half an hour brainstorming session yeah i mean back then you know that's how everyone dressed too you know it's All true they had yeah it was just like what what does a rich person look like and they just made a cartoon with a fucking top hat and a monocle you know exactly i think honestly more rich people should dress like that I think it's. I think the reason why we want to eat the rich is because they look so dumb. Yeah, and not in a cool way. Like, if they still dressed like Mister Monopoly, 
yeah. would be like they'd be like funny, you know, to us right. and like eccentric. But now they're just like yeah, Elon Musk, who's just like dresses like a like a guy, you know, just yeah, like a, yeah, like a dumb guy, you know, like yeah, no, exactly. no, no one, no like, one wants hey, that. I'm just like you. Yeah, you no. Know, Mark Zuckerberg's just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's hey, like, like you. that's you know that is called cultural appropriation. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're gonna be rich, um, yeah, you know, at least wear a top hat. At least, at, at the least. very least, set yourself apart from us. You know. Yeah. We don't want you to be like us. Right. You're it's not, not fooling anyone. It's not right. You're not fooling anyone. No. Nobody at all. Man, more like Mark Fuckerberg. Am I? That's right? what I say. That's what I say. Mother fuckerberg yep yeah that's you know um i bet he i bet his mom is not proud <laughs> you know mama zuckercorn mama yeah. zuckercorn <laughs> i don't know where that came from i think that zuckercorn is from something um, but I don't know what. Like, I'm trying to think of like Peter. I think it's form. from the Social Network, the, mo- no. the movie. No. Yes, no. no, yes, no. It's I never one of his. No. One of his college. That's one of it. Mark. No. L- listen to me. Listen to me. No, one of Mark Zuckerberg's it. college classmates. Like he's like making fun of him because like he just like raised his hand in class and was like, "The the answer is this. It's one. It's one. You know, one sixty eight over three sixty. You know, just like yeah, showed so everyone up and just stupid was, nerd shit. Stupid yeah. nerd shit. Exactly. So, so the jock in the class is like, oh. Mark Zuckercorn always has the right answers. Yeah, yeah, and then he starts I crying. I don't, I don't think that's what the social. I've never seen the Social Network, but I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, that's a um, that's a deleted scene. I think. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't realize that you were so deep into the uh, the deleted scenes. Yeah. No, I've got the Network. DVD. I've got the Blu-ray, you know. Yeah. I've I, I I've watched the commentary with uh, Justin Timberlake, yeah, um, and you know Jesse Ventura, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a great film. All right. Well, um, if there's anyone out in Dude Nation uh, who really knows what Zuckercorn is from, please send us an email, tweet at us. Zuckercorn is real. It's not. It's, it's, it's real. It's not. It's not a jock. Hashtag Zuckercorn is real. Yes, it is. It is. That's an actual scene. You can you can YouTube it. But it's it's from something. So and I'm not gonna Google it. I don't give a shit about. I didn't Google say it. Google it. I said YouTube it. Okay. You can YouTube it. You can All go right. ahead and tube it. Let's uh. So before you took us off on this tangent, um, Sarafa is the person from the scattering working mm-hmm. with Bruce Molly. Yep. Who um, who also happens to be a face dancer. Yes. And we see she starts off very very old, and then she makes herself all beautiful and shit. Um, and essentially. Serafa is like kind of explaining this plan to Duncan and Lucilla. And 
Um, they're going into this city on Gamu. I think it's called Yasai. Um, I don't really... They say that somewhere. But, you know, uh, they, they still need to keep Duncan and Lucilla safe. And they're like, well, they're going to be looking for a Reverend Mother and a, you know, 16-year-old Gola. But they're not going to be looking for a Tleilaxu Master and a Playfem. And I was yes. like, what the fuck is uh-huh. a Playfem? Mm-hmm. And... I guess I should have realized right away what a playfem is, actually. Um, because it's just a prostitute. <laughs> just a, a playfem is just a sex worker yeah. in the Dune universe. Yeah. Um, but at first I was like, what? And then, you know, you read like one more page and it becomes very clear. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so Serafa is, is kind of trying to like tell Lucilla what to do and how to behave and, and this and that. And she's like, oh, there's going to be people who are like priests who are going to be questioning you maybe. And, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And you're going to be like a play fan. And so like, this is what you should say. And this is what you should do. And Lucilla's like, you don't know, like, the sex training I've had. Yep. Uh, Lucilla goes through. In fact, you know, I kind of think I just have to read some of it. I think you do. Yeah. There's a, there's a section. There's a section that I, I, I have in my brain. Yeah. That I think um, you need to read. So it goes thusly. Um, so Serafa's like, oh, but sexual agility, and then here's the, uh, here's the section. Agility, Lucilla allowed her tone to convey the full weight of her Reverend Mother's outrage. No matter that this might be what Serafa hoped to achieve, she had to be put in her place. Agility, you say, I can control genital temperature. I know and can arouse the 51 excitation points. I, <laughs> 51... But there are only, says Serafa, 51, Lucilla snapped, and the sequencing plus the combinations number 2008. Furthermore, in combination with the 2005 sexual positions, oh, two, 205, 205, Serafa was clearly startled. Surely you don't mean more, actually, if you count minor variations. I am an imprinter, which means I have mastered the 300 steps of orgasmic amplification. Uh, there's more to it than that. She talks about like controlling her uh, vaginal pulsation. Vaginal pulsing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Vaginal yes. pulsing. Yeah. That's a thing. And she's like, from any position? What? <laughs> um, so Herbert's put a lot more thought into this than I. For, it's like it's one thing to be like really, 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 really good at sex. And then it's like another where it's like Herbert's like, well, the Prana Bindu training, which allows them to control every muscle in their body, um, you know, like 
we've really only explored that through the lens of like how that allows them to like control their emotions and how they're like particularly good fighters. And it makes a lot of sense, but I've never like taken that part of Bene Gesserit like lore and then been like, oh, but they also use that for sex, right? Yeah. But Herbert's like they they do. That's what they do. Makes sense. It does make sense. It does. Um, but it's always really funny to see it written out like that. <laughs> it's just like really well thought out. Like Frank Herbert has like he thought so much about this, about the yeah. inner workings of like sex training in future humans. That's such a crazy thing to you know, think about. Yeah. Yeah. It it is. And like like we've been saying too, um it's always been part of Dune. Um, but it's just so focused on here that like you can't you can't help but like go through the like these conversations kind of have to happen in a way like they don't like Herbert could have written it differently but like the story that he chose to pursue like necessitates these kinds of conversations yes. between characters mm-hmm. and it's always very funny to like come up against it and be like man like I'm glad you and I are reading Dune together and like talking about it and discovering this together because if there was ever a situation where I was reading these books by myself and didn't have anyone to talk to, I how do you explain this to someone <laughs> who has not you can't just jump into this, you know? Uh-huh. Like you <laughs> You can't just be like, oh, you know, you've been reading any good books lately? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I got to this one part about the vaginal pulsing and heretics of doom. <laughs> like, you can't just, like, just have a casual conversation about that. No, you know? no, you can't. Um, it just... Because, like, he, I mean, Frank Herbert's been thinking about this literally since the first... I mean, probably b- before the first book. Yeah. It's just like something that's been like building up in his head. Like we we can kind of see through the the evolution of the books, like the evolution of of how deep his thoughts on this subject have gone, and this is like the natural climax of that. Pun intended, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's thought a lot about sex. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Um, but it works here. It's kind of funny, like, the way that Reverend Mothers and the Bene Gesserit specifically use sex as, you know, a weapon to, like, um, or a tool, you know, to, like, Mm. uh, you know, assert their power and influence across, like, the great houses and... Of course, with their breeding program, like to them, it's all very like, uh, there's a lot of ritual around it. And then like, we also talked about how they, they kind of view, um, aspects of sex, like an orgasm as the moment of mystery as like, Mm -hmm. almost like this magical ritualistic kind of thing. And so it's funny to take someone from, from this Bene Gesserit order 
um, where sex is on such a high pedestal and then be like, all right, you're going to go be a prostitute and just, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, and, and, and not to say, uh, that, um, you know, sex workers are like lesser than, or that, or that their, their roles are, um, you know, not important or, you know, uh, it, it's more that, like, the Bene Gesserit as an order, I think, have a lot of prestige and and power and influence. Yeah. And, and they're being put into a position that is usually looked at as, like, um, very, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess looked down upon. I mean, in, in our world it is, really, but I, I mean, I feel like Herbert has actually done a pretty good job at, like, not you know, degrading these characters for the work they do for, for the, 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 you know, this kind of aspect of their, their culture of, or, or, or the order they follow, you know, it's like, it's not a punchline and it's not a, um, it's, you know, not signifying like a lower class or anything. It's, it's, um, I mean the most advanced, you know, uh, powerful people of of the human race now are, are are ones that employ the you know these these tactics and do these things. So it's like, I, it's 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 a fairly progressive view on sex, I think. Yeah, um, that's true. We'll see how it plays out if we see any of it or it's commented on further. But yeah, for this chapter, you're right. It's not. Um, uh, you know, just like you said, it's it's not a, a punchline. Yeah, it's it's a pretty believable pivot for like her, for her cover, mm-hmm. um, and it does seem like uh, it's it's almost more. I don't think you've watched this, but it does seem like maybe it's more akin to um, oh god, I forget what they're called, but in Firefly, maybe they're just called companions. Um, I've watched but, Firefly. You did? Yeah. When? I, years ago. With Josh, or you just watched it? I think with both of you. We watched Firefly together? I think, we've, I think we have watched Firefly together, yeah. Okay, but do you mean like an episode or like the show? No, the entire thing. The entire thing. In the movie. Wow, I, I don't remember that. Yep. That, it, I, hey, that's cool. Do you remember then? I mean, one of the characters... Yeah. Yeah, she's known as like a companion and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the characters take issue with that, but like her role in society is actually really elevated. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's more like that. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I don't feel like it's looked down upon. I mean, that could change, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. No, I, I hear you. Maybe I'm taking too much of my uh, ancient earth, uh, you know, assumptions about how other people would would view that yeah stop being a duncan stop being a duncan it's true it's true just uh an an ancient asshole over here (laughs) (coughs) um but yeah so that oh right and then the very very end the very very oh god um because they're like well you know, by the time you go out, you're you'll have expected to have you know been with other clients, um, and apparently people will like tell if you haven't. Like you, 
you know, you got to make it believable and you need to make it seem like you've had sex with other people. So you're just going to have sex with someone. Um, and so it's Burz Molly that Lucilla um, is with. And the line, this felt such akin to beef swelling that I just have to read it. But um, um, yeah, Serafa waved a hand at Burz Molly's stiffly upcocked penis. Bedoing? I was like, upcocked? Oh my god. And penis? Yeah, um, and he's just like, alright, time to go. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, no, I mean, he's... He's psyched about this. And then Lucilla kind of realizes only at the very, very end, she's like, this should be the Gola here now. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she feels like she's been like thwarted in some way. She does. Um. Well... Let's take a quick pause. I got to pee again. Sure. And then sure. we're going to bring it all on home. We're going to bring it all back home. Bob Dylan style. Yes, indeed. All right. Okay, man. So we're going on to our fourth chapter here. Um, and that chapter... Okay, this is where Terraza is talking to Belanda. Who's this other important Reverend Mother on Chapter House Planet? Oh man, um, and pretty much sounds like this is just after there was some big meeting, and everyone's like, "Terraza, like we gotta kill Odrade because she came up with this plan to ally with the Tleilaxu, who we fucking hate and we don't trust them." And she says that she's going to, like, give away all our secrets, and we're going to be completely subservient to them, and we, like, pretty much just got our power back after being subservient to the tyrant for, like, thousands of years. Um, and it feels like Odrade is kind of setting us up for, like, something that's not good. And Terraza, I thought kind of interestingly, is like, no, I don't want to do that. Because, like... I don't know how many chapters ago, but there was a chapter where Terraza's like, I think I might have to kill Odrade. Yep. Or, like, even more than that, it was, it felt more like, I think I'm going to kill Odrade. Like, it, it felt like she was, like, planning for it, you know? And now there's, like, a chapter where the opportunity is dropped into her lap, and Terraza is very reluctant to go along with it. She does not want to just outright kill Odrade. Um, but do you have any thoughts on that? On, on like, do you feel anything changed? Or do you think maybe my reading of, like, Odrade or Terraza thinking or planning about killing Odrade before is, like, maybe too too rash or too blunt like what do you how do you connect those two chapters you um, know what i mean yeah no i mean you know without really remembering the scene in depth like i just kind of feel like it was never really a definite um or i mean it was like a probable thing but like also you know, she still knows that she needs Odrade and also and also there is that little inkling of of kinship between them, you know, of of yeah. of Dar and Tar. So I think it's 
definitely more complicated than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's not something she's necessarily ready to do yet. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so Belanda and Odrade, or I keep saying Odrade, and Terraza, um, you know, kind of just like argue for a bit. And eventually, eventually Terraza's like, this isn't getting us anywhere. I'm done talking to you, Belanda. We're not gonna, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, but the chapter ends, uh, you know, for Terraza, there was strength enough to overcome that gnawing reluct- reluctance, which had kept her from making the essential decision. I will go to Rackus. She no longer could evade the source of her own reluctance. I may have to do what Belando wants. So, we can... I have some notes to go through, and if there's anything you want yeah. to talk about their discussion, we can do that. But pretty much this chapter is them talking. Belanda's like, we gotta kill Odrade because this is fucked up. And Terraza's like, no. And then Terraza tells Belanda to leave, and then Terraza's sitting there by herself, and she's like, well, I might have to kill Odrade. <laughs> like, that's the chapter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's big, too. She's gonna go to Rackus. I mean, more and more of our players are convening at this focal point like they kind of always would of course mm-hmm. but it's cool to see the movement of them and like how they they get there so this seems to be this seems to be the the impetus for Terraza going to Rackus which is cool yeah yep it, it is cool I'm, I'm excited for the uh, yeah the the meeting of all these different players um, on this one planet. Word. Uh, let me see. Let me look at my notes here quick. Um, so for this chapter, I, oh, the opening passage I liked, it's a short one. It says, it is your fate forgetfulness. All of the old lessons of life, you lose and gain and lose and gain again. That comes from Leto the second. Um, I I like that as the opening passage for this chapter, especially because Belanda's one of Belanda's arguments for killing Odrade is that if Odrade made such a decision under Leto's rule that Odrade would have been killed. Yeah. And Terraza thinks to herself, like, is that all we've learned? You know? Like, is that is that what Leto was trying to teach us as a species? You know? If all we glean from his lessons is who would Leto have killed and who wouldn't he have killed have you really learned anything from Leto at all, right? Um, so, the passage seems insightful because, like, for probably a lot of humanity, it's kind of just this commentary on, like, you know, that's just human nature. 
you know, mm-hmm. to, to have to relearn things over and over that lessons don't really stick with us. And, you know, you just have to look at any history book to be like, yeah, that's true. Right. Like we, we fucking suck. Um, but Terraza really thinks about that more. And like, that's kind of what, part of what gives her pause and, and makes her rethink like, should I kill Odrade? Because I'm being pressured to, but you know, there's, there's more at play here. It's, it's more complicated than just like getting rid of Odrade. Um, so I thought yeah, that's that was true. a cool way to start the chapter. Yeah. No. Um, and then let's see page 345 in my chapter, which is the first chapter, um, kind of makes another mention on the temporary nature of chapter house planet, uh, which I continue to think is very interesting. The line is the Bene Gesserit had been here more than 1400 years and still chapter house planet must be considered only temporary. So I keep thinking that chapter house moves somehow or, or, or somehow the Bene Gesserit are able to, to relocate uh, with some sort of. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, every, you know, few thousand years, um, they, they move on. Yeah. It seems like makes you wonder, you know, how we get to chapter house Dune. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I think too. Um, Okay, and then the next note I have here feels like it kind of continues that Dar and Tar connection again because Belanda is talking about the Tleilaxu, how she doesn't trust them, and she says, the Tleilaxu take shortcuts. Their view of genetics is not our view. It is Mm -hmm. not a human view. They make monsters. And then Terraza responds, is that what they do? Um, and I thought that was a really cool line. You know, it's interesting because it examines how the Bene Gesserit view themselves too. Like, despite the opposing viewpoints, like, like Teg, when Teg realizes that Odrade is his daughter, um, you know, he, he's very dismissive. I remember talking about that and he he kind of thinks of Reverend Mothers as like non-human, you know? Yeah, yep. But obviously, like, this, these are two reverend mothers discussing themselves, and they say that their view is the human view. They see themselves as human. You know what I mean? Um, and, like, that's all wrapped up in how the Bene Gesserit, as an order, view the Tleilaxu as monsters, and Terraza is questioning even that, just like Odrade was in the, in the second chapter, you know? Um where it's like, well, you know, are we too quick to assume that the face dancers are like subhuman or less than human? You know, could it just be that they are humans that we don't understand, you know, or have yeah. them bred differently? Um, and Terraza and, Odra- and Odrade are kind of like mutually thinking about that idea, um, you know, separately. Um, 
from from this great distance but like they're both their minds are kind of on the same track and like that does feel like it kind of like glues that connection together a little bit more too you're right that they have that emotional bond yeah they do i mean and i mean i think uh Terraza definitely thinks that she can use it to her advantage, but I mean that's not has not been proven yet. Um, yeah, I I I don't know. It's interesting because they're on the right path. I think thinking about maybe the Tyloxia and the Face Dancers as maybe they are human, but. Um, uh, it, it it just seems like they're 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 not totally there yet. You know, they're they're still kind of like bound to this Bene Gesserit path. That's uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like doing always doing what's right for the order is going to lead to their downfall. Yeah, yeah. Like it's going to be in the way of like what's right for humanity. And that's going to cause them to implode. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean, right? Like it, like you're saying, like it seems like the individuals, Terraza and Andrade, like their thoughts feel closer to what we would assume to be like, like more, um, I don't know, like compassionate, level-headed, humanistic kind of thoughts. Um, and then the order of the Bene Gesserit itself is like, well, get rid of those. Discard yeah. that. Yep. Because you need to, you know, um, you need to like jettison those emotions in order for, you know, to serve the greater good of the order. You need to lose something in order to gain something. Yeah. You need to get rid of part of you, your humanity, um, in order to get to like that next level that they're mm-hmm. all trying to achieve yeah 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 and i think that's i mean i kind of feel like you know odrade and terraza are kind of a microcosm of of that you know they're it's kind of like the reverend mother's lost humanity you know a little bit it's kind of a uh a great friendship you know that's that's been diminished or or neutered by this uh this other cause totally and you're i think it was good to point out like that that terraza has thought that maybe she'll use their relationship to her advantage you know right like you're saying that she can pull one over on odrade because she thinks that odrade is the weak one more connected to her emotions Mm -hmm. um and even if that is true, it doesn't negate the fact that the bond is real, right? Yeah. You know, like, it's not just a one-way street. Like, Terraza does feel bonded and connected to Odrade as well, but she might be more willing to destroy that bond for the Bene Gesserit. Mm-hmm. Whereas we, we kind of get the impression that Odrade would be more willing to follow her emotions maybe mm-hmm. so yeah but um but that that whole like i don't know it just feels like there's a bit of a a bit of a parallel there between like how some characters view reverend mothers as inhuman 
And here we have Reverend Mothers viewing Slay Laxu as a human while viewing themselves, Reverend Mothers, as human. So I think it, it does a good job at like raising a lot of questions in the reader. Like, Yeah, definitely. Because if we have characters who consider Reverend Mothers to be not human and Reverend Mothers themselves consider them to be human, you know, what what stock are we going to place in their opinion when when Reverend Mothers then just dismiss and, and completely, you know, uh, decide that entire subset of people have no humanity, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I don't really even think it's going to matter in this book a whole lot, but it does feel like something is bubbling under the surface with the Tleilak suit and with the face dancers. Mm -hmm. I think so too. So it's, I, it's cool to see that continue. I think Herbert's done a good job of like sprinkling that throughout these chapters, um, in a way that's there, but like also isn't that important, you know, but it's it's interesting. So, yeah. Um, all right. Two more things from this chapter and then I'll be ready to move on. Page 348. Uh, when Terraza sits in her chair dog, it says that it molds to her. <laughs> so I kind of thought that like the chair dog may have been bred to like have its bones be in this horrible chair form. But now if it molds itself to you, um, I don't know. It seems like there's a kind of like flexibility to it. And I really wish there was just a chapter devoted to explaining the chair dog, Connor, because it's yeah. kind of driving me crazy. I'm going mad. <laughs> I mean, there could be a whole book on chair dogs and their anatomy. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe uh, that's in the Dune Encyclopedia. It could be. Might be the reason that Brian Herbert axed it. He yeah. decanonized chair dogs. But um, <laughs> I, I guess they're like Tempur-Pedic. Yes. Yeah, memory foam. Memory foam, yeah. Memory foam chair dog, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a familiarity between like the sitter and the chair dog. Like they... You wouldn't want to sit in someone else's chair dog because they do mm. something does form there. It's but it, true. But like Terraza had like chair dogs in her office that like it was like, like you know, you assume one's for the guest, one's for her, one's so right. I guess they have to just form to whoever is sitting on it. Yeah. Do you hear this girl? I do. Yeah, Sage jumped up again. She wants to know what I'm doing. She doesn't want me to be sitting here. What about a what? What about a chair cat? Ooh, they're way too small. Mm, yeah, I guess. I guess you could uh, maybe have like a uh, cat shoes. Cat, cat shoes or a cat or or a pillow cat. Ooh, yeah, that would be a great one. I would love to sleep on a cat. Um, oh, God damn it! I'm part of the problem. I'm I mean, gonna, you, you are. I mean. It's 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 people like me that are going to turn cats into pillows in ten thousand years or some shit. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so the, the chair dog thing is still happening. Um, last thing, a bit more of a serious point, but um, page three forty nine of my copy. Uh, let me find the line here because I'll be able to find it in just a second. Uh, it's about 
here we go. It's about Leto, and it's about the Golas. Here's the line. Was the Gola scheme something set in motion by the tyrants? If so, what could they do about it now? What should they do about it? So, pretty much, Belanda's like, well, we gotta just stop. Not only do we kill Odrade, but just drop the Gola project. Yeah. Um, they're all very worried about it. And Belanda says something like, it's not our project anymore. It may have never been our project. And mm -hmm. I think that's where she's like, she kind of, she pretty much literally says, just like the line, she she kind of posits, what if the Gola project was actually set in motion by Leto? Yeah. And we're kind of still following his plan. Um, What do you think about that? You know, I think it's very possible. Um, uh, you know, more likely, I think that it's Leto's intention to cause this fear and distrust and everything that will lead to the downfall of Bene Gesserit rather than like a, an actual thought through plot. You yeah. know, I feel like he planted all these seeds that will kind of like make them you know, paranoid and on edge and that will kind of, uh, you know, lead to their end. Um, right. So in that sense, I think it's probably very true. Gotcha. But, but right, not necessarily like some plan thousands of years in the making that Leto started by, you know, reviving Duncan's in perpetuity during his nearly 4,000 year reign. Yeah, I don't I don't see it being that thought out. It could yeah. be, but I don't I don't see it being that. Yeah. Um I don't really either. So it would be really you know, half weird, half interesting to see you know, Herbert take that route if he really decided to lean into that. But Yeah. But yeah, just the fact that it's being discussed as with so many other things. It's kind of like all it takes, you know, just the fact that other characters are raising these questions, um, I find to be really fascinating. Because it yeah. really doesn't matter if it's true or not, or if it's going to build into anything that matters or not. And I feel like that kind of continues to be like the beauty in Herbert's writing, like that that things can be introduced and discarded and it doesn't feel like um it doesn't feel like forgotten or it doesn't feel like arbitrary to the story because like just the fact that these ideas are being explored adds adds to the story i guess yeah yeah i agree you can go down many avenues and i mean not all of them have to be the focus and uh i mean it just makes the just makes the universe richer. All right, man. I think we're both ready to wrap up. You want to tackle this Let's last freaking do it. Freaking go for it. Okay. Chapter five. Um, we meet back up with Tag. 
we meet back up with Tag. Tag. And Miles Tag. Miles Tag. Miles Tails Tag. Mm-hmm. Miles Prower Tag. That's what they call him. That's who he's named after. Um. And he's he's being carried by his captors. Um. He gets brought to like this little shack. There's three of them in there with him. Tag sizes them up. Uh, and they torture him with what's known as a T-probe. He thought it was going to be an Ixian probe, but it's not. It's something from the scattering that's similar, but different. Um, this kitty. Um, and it was one of those things, it didn't really matter what the machine did, but I was confused for a little bit. And then what it seems like what it's supposed to do is kind of create a digital copy of the person and then they're able to get information mm -hmm. out of that yeah. copy. Yep. Cause there's a certain point where like, they're like, okay, I think we have enough. And the guys like ask the simulation, like where the goal is. So like they pretty much go into your brain and try to recreate you on this computer. And then they can interrogate the copy of you, which I guess would be easier. You know, because it's not going to resist the same way, um, which is a pretty. Uh, it, it's 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 a very invasive sort of uh, form of interrogation. Like it's a it's a very like violent and creepy machine. Uh, yeah, yeah, that it is. they have here. I mean, it's so, it's yeah, it's very intense torment for uh, for Teg throughout. It is. There's a certain point he's not even really sure he's alive anymore. Yeah. The, the yeah. pain is so great. Yeah. Um, and he has to kind of call upon all his mentat Bene Gesserit faculties to, you know, to even be uh, composed and to stay alive. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, it kind of goes through his memories, and there are some interesting memories that it goes through, but. Um, we don't need to talk about them unless you want to. The The big thing really is um, it as it goes through his memories to try and create this copy, it unlocks something mm -hmm. within Tag. Yeah. This is pretty wild. It, it, it is. It really is. And He's able to escape from the the bindings and the machine, and he does it so fast, he doesn't even really realize how fast he's going at first. He thinks everyone else is going in slow motion, and he kind of just, like, casually kills everyone without really <laughs> yeah. thinking about it, because he's, like, going at fucking light speed. From, um, from Tails to Sonic. <laughs> There we go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the way Herbert writes, it's like, there's so much density, in, you know, in these things. Like, I feel like I could sit here and try and, like, pick apart the three characters 
and what their roles might be and who they're reporting to. And, you know, cause like tag talks, a, thinks a lot about them. Like a lot of this chapter is focused on these three interrogators. Yeah. Um, but what really matters in the end is like how that affects tag. And yeah, he, he gets to this point where he becomes like a super mentat. Um, yeah, yeah. Like his body is able to go as fast as like his mind presumably works, you know? Um, and he just kills everyone. Um, which is like pretty sick and awesome. But I was, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes, of course, too. Um, but I was pretty surprised. I didn't think we were going to get like this super mentat, but it, there have been earlier parts in this book that I feel like makes sense, you know, especially with, um, what was it like that scene where, what was that? What? <laughs> what are you just, talking about? I, you know, I'm trying to talk about Dune here. And I like, know that was that was just. I think that was. Um, trying, are you are you YouTubing something? No, that was not. That was not a YouTube. Of, no. Are you YouTubing some Zuckercorn right now? There was no no. YouTubing no, no. some corn, bro. There was a link that was oh. clicked. You clicked on a link, huh? And it made a sound. Gotcha. That's it. <laughs> There's no, no more to it than that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so to finish my thought, um, before you you clicked on that link, um, the this the the earlier chapter, whatever section it was in, where um, oh yeah, so after Teg meets Odrade, and Odrade says that she's his daughter. He gets so shaken up that he feels like he can't um, computate like a menta anymore. And he's like, he has to go back to his training days. And mm. he's like, what the fuck? I've never been so messed up before. And then he recollects this memory with Terraza uh, where they were talking after some like big fight. They, they were working together. And then like Teg snaps back into the present moment. And he's like, whoa, like I've never function so well yeah yeah but that 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 brings out something in him right and so like that serves as some like i didn't really think there was more necessarily but seeing this i'm like oh that's kind of like foreshadowing for this moment yeah i I think so really realize we were getting Mm -hmm. that yeah um so overall i i think that's pretty cool um i don't know what did you think about this chapter i mean it was a huge surprise i mean aside from leto obviously this is like the first superhuman kind of character we've seen um so i wonder if it's going to be explained or if it'll i mean obviously pushing a uh a person with this you know but with with all these mental abilities and, and all this training pushing them to their limit like it makes sense that maybe they are in extreme adrenaline mode and that could look like superhuman capabilities. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, 
I like it so far. I, I wonder if it's going to be utilized much more at all or uh, if that was just kind of like the um, the breaking out of the cage and then the rest will be more subtle. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it is. It is a bit like, is this how Tag is now for the rest of the book? Yeah. Or is this just a moment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like that you bring up Leto though because that was my thought too like this this scene feels very akin to to Leto getting the um fucking sand trout soup yeah that's that that's it it it, it is similar to him zooming around smashing quanats yeah so like I didn't think Tag was going to get you know anything like that and I didn't think I didn't think this chapter was building to that, you know? No. And that's kind of how we talked about it in Children of Dune, too, I remember. Like, I think with Leto, it was it was clear that we were building to something mm. like that. But in the chapter itself, um, it's, it's kind of deceptive. It doesn't feel like it's going to be, like, this giant grand moment. He's just, like, sitting by a fucking river. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, like it's happening. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what this scene is like. It's like you think you're getting an interrogation scene, but it's really like a birth scene. Or yeah. Tag. Mm-hmm. Um, Super tag. And it's like, oh, well, shit, that's cool. Um, and I, I guess it, it, it also makes me think, you know, we'll see, and I've made this prediction for many characters before, and nothing ever came of it, so who knows. Um, but I kind of feel like with Tag being given such great power, like, can he realistically stay within this story, you know? Mm-hmm. I kind of think that this is another... Um, like presage to his death yeah yeah it could be because we know i mean we know he's at the end of his life anyways he's 300 like people don't live longer than that naturally you know Mm. like the whole book it's talked about that he's he was tired he's for all intents and purposes take is at the end of his life you know and who knows like maybe this change completely disrupts that he might have an extended, a further extended lifespan. Like maybe he'll live for four thousand years, like Lita. Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. But my thought is like, he's kind of already been telegraphed as someone who's really old, pretty much done, probably probably gonna die. Already thought he was gonna die like twice now, and then he's given this crazy superpower. Like, it, it doesn't mean he can't stick around because, like you're saying, like there was a whole fucking book given to Lito, but. I, I could also very much see this going down like Tag is kind of gifted this thing, but like it also means he can't really be in the story going forward. Like how can, you know, like I, yeah. I think it might be a sign that he's on his way out. I mean, if he's going at this rate, it could be, you know, it could lead to a, you know, an explosion, you know, of some sort that is his you know grand finale yeah 
That is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, <sighs> final two thoughts here, and then you can tell me what you think, and then we'll we'll really be done. Yeah. Um, but for this chapter, there there really is. Don't hate me for it, but there is one more chair dog thing. <laughs> Tag. Tag thinks to himself, I, maybe during one of his memories, I don't remember what it is. Oh, yeah, he yeah he, he uh, doesn't like any, or doesn't agree with any form of, a, of oppression. Yes, yeah. yeah. He, yes, he sees cheer dogs as a form of oppression. Yeah. Uh, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it's the Atreides within him that yes. is like, that this is wrong, you know? And so, yeah, chair dogs are like brought up again but but this time yeah it's very much something that is i don't know molded and 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 shaped Mm. and it makes me think because chair dogs were not brought up beforehand and my assumption i'm I'm just going off of that assuming that chair dogs maybe weren't even around beforehand i don't know um if they weren't i think it would be really interesting if like off the back of the Bene Gesserit feeling like they were like driven into the ground by the tyrants that like the Bene Gesserit as they gain power almost feel like they need to completely dominate and subjugate something themselves. Yeah. To like feel like they have some modicum of control. Yeah. And that like, that's where chair dogs come from. That is an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's quite possible. It's, it's, small fish compared to Lido's reign, but um it could be some sort of subconscious uh need to to you know rule over some subclass right they always say like you know isn't it like uh most people start bullying other people because they get bullied you know it's like you just hurt people you know, hurt people yeah mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm that's it. It's true. Um, oh, and the very truly last thing, this chapter ends um, as as Tag emerges from the shack, having fucking slaughtered everyone as Super Tag. <laughs> um, he's looking out at the city now. The same city, presumably, that Duncan and Lucilla are going to. I believe it's called Yasai um, on Gamu. Yeah. And so here's the line. The lights of a city and a great black rectangle of buildings near the near the center. Um, he knew this place. Yasai. Oh, it's right fucking there. It says it. It is Yasai. The puppet masters were there because he refers to the three captors as puppets. He's saying they're just being controlled. Yes, 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 so yes. So the yes. puppet masters are there. And then it ends with this. I am free. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That made me think, I mean, is he literally, I mean, he's literally free from his captors, but is he also free from the Bene Gesserit who have been ruling his life for the entirety that he has admitted, you know, that he was under their control? Um, that was knowledge to him. I mean, what does this freedom mean? How far reaching is it? Great question. And just like you're saying, we spent a lot of time discussing 
the illusion of Tig's freedom and even mm-hmm. how that extends to like uh the other Duncans throughout all books, you know, that yeah. kind of shared um you know, oppression that they have too, you know. They're also kind of similarly oppressed by these larger than life mm-hmm. um organizations. Um I really didn't know what to make of this line. Like, because my first thought was like, think again, you know, mm-hmm. um, if tag wasn't able to be free, even out of retirement on his own planet, like farming, I mean, what makes him think he has any kind of freedom now, unless yeah. he decides to wield his power against the Ben Gesserit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just not the impression I'm left with at the end of this chapter. So, yeah, I really don't know if he's, you know, just riding this high. Like, I, I think he does mean in this moment more than just being free from his captors. I think he feels like this overwhelming feeling of, like, true freedom. I think he feels yeah. like he can do anything. I think so, too. But... I, I think if he were to think about that as a mentat for even two more seconds, he might come to a different conclusion. You know? Yeah, that that that's possible. I mean, we'll we'll see how far he gets with this newfound freedom with within these, you know, overpowering structures. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's cool. I mean, it seems like. It seems like Tag is going to be meeting back up with Lucilla and um, Duncan and Yasai on Gamu. Maybe they'll go to Rackus, right? I mean, like yeah. that's where they're supposed to end up. And Terraza and Odrade are definitely going to be meeting up on on Rackus. So it's like, yeah, it feels like everything is very much poised for all of our characters to kind of collide very soon yeah Um, yeah and that's always a cool feeling because we know uh you know we're we're pretty much at the point in these herbert dune novels where like the shit is going to freaking go down it is yeah i mean it it just has to within the next couple of chapters um yeah yeah i i mean i don't I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it comes together. If it's going to come together all at once, like usual, if it'll just all kind of fall apart at once when they, when they all get to Rackus, maybe just things will just topple over. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot that can happen between now and like, you know, usually it's like the last 20 pages that are like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? And we still have another two episodes or so before I think we get to that. But um, we are very much like at the precipice of these things about to um, collide. And mm-hmm. it's very exciting to see the pieces like form together. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I'm glad we got to talk about Dune again. That was fun. I know. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to read more, and hopefully we can get to it in a timely manner this time. 
We'll see. All you, uh, all you freaks and fools out there in Dude Nation, <laughs> just, you know, keep on hanging on as you do. You're doing a great job. We appreciate your patience. Um, if you want to get at us and email us, you can do that at doondudespod at gmail.com. If you are on Twitter, we are at doondudespod. Uh, and then you can also reach us at TV on both Twitter and Instagram. As always, Connor, until next time. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs>